Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And it's weather like this when we all love to be out gardening. Peter Dowdell joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. We have the best uh, job in the world uh, for two weeks a year. <laughs> yeah, well, but now we're back to do we need to be watering the garden? Very much so. If this weather continues now, I know they're they're, they're saying this this glorious bit of heat that we're going to get is going to probably change again at the weekend, isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, so and, and next year go back to more normal temperatures. So it's only like one sort of week of heat and humidity. But like even one day of this heat uh, with no rain or no water would have a big effect on new plants, Trish. And what I mean by new plants is plants even that were planted, let's say, bare root or even potted last autumn, winter. So a lot of them won't be able to get their own water yet. So they will be relying on water uh, coming from rain or coming from the hose. So if you planted new hedges, new trees, or if you got your garden landscaped last autumn, winter, you would want to be paying attention to, to watering during this week and hopefully next week as well. But it's something that you would have to be conscious of, definitely. OK, let's get straight into questions. Peter, why are there discoloured bubbles on the leaves of my current current shrubs, black and red currant? I think when she says bubble, she's probably kind of talking about blisters in the leaf. Okay. Which is, uh, it's a gall mite, most likely. It could be leaf, it could be several things. Without seeing a picture of it, I couldn't say for definite. But it it is a garden pest. It's a pest as opposed to a disease, most likely. Uh, It could be the gall mite, or it's unlikely to be aphids. Probably the leaf miner or a gall mite. But do either send a picture into yourselves in the radio station or to myself on Facebook, The Irish Gardener, and I'll have a look at it. Uh, and give you a definite answer. When okay, and that's actually coming on WhatsApp. So if, if you want to WhatsApp in the in the picture, and we'll get it on to uh, yeah. Peter. Uh, hi, Peter. I have a basil plant, one of the supermarket ones, <coughs> growing on my windowsill for the last few weeks. I've noticed a sticky sap-like substance on the leaves and on the windowsill for the last few days. And what looks like green fly is it still safe to use? And what should I do with it? It's still safe to use because even if you even if you eat the green fly, it's not going to be any harm. They're full of protein by all accounts. Steady <laughs> on. I was giving a slightly off the point there. I was giving a talk with DIY, you know, the Grow It Yourself yeah. movement. I was giving a talk, uh, or as part of a panel discussion, I suppose more correctly, on creating sustainable food cities with DIY in, in Dublin recently. Uh, and one of the speakers who was there with me was saying that 70% of the world's population rely on an insect-based diet. 
Well, how do you feel about that, Trish? Yeah. <laughs> I it's think a, like the sound of what I want to say. And I'm vegetarian, so I really yeah, am well, not going there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so yes, perfectly safe to eat. Don't worry. The the, the, the key substance that they're talking about, the caller's talking about, is most likely this honeydew secretion that they give when they're 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 laying their eggs, basically. Um so yes, you have green fly are more likely with basil actually black fly uh, and they're 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 thriving. They're loving your basil and loving your, your nice conditions. Ease off in the water in a small bit. I would say it might be a bit damp, which is attracting them in as well. I, I probably would, I certainly wouldn't use any pesticide or, or anything at all on it because you want to eat it. So that would be much more da- dangerous to eat than the green fly. Um, my advice to you would be to, to put it outside during the days, it's not. It's certainly not a hardy plant in our climate for outside day and night. Even though this week it may be, but in general it isn't. But certainly move it outside during the days at the moment. Let the fresh air it, and hopefully the you'll, you'll if you ease off in the water, hopefully you'll you'll lose a lot of those uh, flies. Spray it if you want with a little spray of, of washing up liquid and water. Again, then just when you are using the leaves, just rinse, just rinse, rinse the leaves when you're eating them. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's safe to use, but it is a black fly or green fly. And it season. is lovely. I always have. I'm, I'm a big fan of basil. I always have. You fresh know, basil. I have you fresh, basil fresh basil on there. Yeah, yeah, and you just and I love the smell of it and everything. I just, Every I bit it's, of it. It's, it's summer. Just it's summer gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael in Kildare is saying, "Has anybody seen the swallows? The weather's good enough." But he said, "I haven't seen many flying around the place." I thought I spotted them last night. Have you seen swallows? I've seen a few, but he's yeah. probably right. No, I'm no bird There isn't as either, many around. There aren't as many. Definitely, yeah. there aren't as many. No, there, yeah. I've seen a few, but not that many. No. Yeah, and particularly now with the weather, with the weather, but maybe. They'll come in now with the, with the good weather. The I was outside last week, Trish, on my, my I guess, I think called white finger, which you get from too, too much use of machinery like lawnmowers and chainsaws and things when I was younger. So my fingers go very white in the cold. Uh, and I had white finger last week. So it, it has been cold. Now, it has, week, yeah. It has. Yeah. Raymond, my garden is covered with daisies. Anything I can do? Corona, love them. Yeah, da- yeah not everybody likes daisies. daisies. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, however many years you and I are talking about this yeah. program, Trish. I've, I've been kind of saying tongue-in-cheek, but my first answer was always grow to love them and then giving giving alternatives. But I'm getting less and less tongue-in-cheek about it. And I'm actually, we have to learn to love them because daisies and dandelions and all these things, that they are sustaining life. They're sustaining the bees which sustain biodiversity. And we have to really learn to love them. We've no choice. You know, you can use selective lawn weed killers on them uh, and they will work. There are plenty of them on the market, uh, uh, Green Force, I think, is the, is the name of a very good one. It's a selective liquid lawn weed killer. It'll just kill the broadleaf weeds, but not the grass. But I really would urge people, you know, not to go, because those chemicals will also be taken up by the bees and the other pollinating insects. And really, they at the moment, species extinction at the moment, is a far, far more serious issue to be worried about than daisies in the lawn. Daisies in the lawn are actually quite attractive. So I might, I might just have lost you a listener on saying that, Trish. I know, I apologize, I But, but um, there are selective lawn weed killers out there if you want to go and use them. But I would urge you to, to begin to see them as a thing of beauty and not, not, not a pest. Yeah. So. Here's an interesting one coming in from Nora in Kilavollen. She said her rhubarb faded and where she is living, it literally went down overnight um, it, it, she's in the Kilavallen area. She then got talking to other people living near her, and the very same thing happened. She reckons it was within a, a one mile radius in the Kilavallen area. Did Peter hear of anything, and what could have caused that for everybody's rhubarb to fade at the same time? I didn't hear of a rhubarb blight hitting Kilavallen, no, but that's not to say that uh, it, it, it didn't. Now, we've had many phone calls over the last number of weeks, Trish, uh, about rhubarb not doing well, and yeah. I've, been putting, I've been putting it down to without, or I've been suggesting a possibility of an answer uh, without having scientific evidence to back it up is 
the, the long, hot, dry summer last year, and I think it makes sense that that could be the problem for it not to thrive. But for it to be doing well and to go overnight, that does sound like some kind of a fungal infection, uh, for want of a better word, a blight. No, 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 rhubarb doesn't get blight, but um, so it could be. I don't know is a short answer. I haven't heard heard of it, no, to answer the question. Um, I would say just do, I would follow the same advice that I've been giving to everyone for the last number of weeks, which is lift it at the end of the summer, if there's anything left to lift, and hopefully there is. Lift it, divide it, replant this. This is all in the autumn, early winter. Replant this. Uh, mulch it with a good level of, a good layer of seaweed if you can get it, because rhubarb loves it are the nature-safe granular feed, which is 100% organic feed, uh, uh, and, and keep it well-watered this summer, and hopefully it's going to come back. But the answer to the question, no, I haven't heard about anything specific. Okay, hi, Peter. I bought a container in Aldi for growing tomatoes. Some of the plants have grown to over six foot height in height. I know nothing about what I'm doing or how to manage them. Some <laughs> advice, please. I love somebody like that who's just gone out and give, it's given it a try. And you know what, it's kind of, I love that too, and, and people that are, are scared, if you like, at their lack of knowledge. I always uh, compare it to myself going into a, one of these computer shops. I know nothing about what I'm doing, but they say turn it on and it works, and it does. Yeah. The same is true with your tomato plant. You don't need to know anything. Nature will do it for you. You've given it soil, you've given it water, you're giving it sunshine. Nature does the rest. You will get tomatoes. It's as simple as that. Don't be scared. Now, what I would say on saying all that is uh, you should remove, I would probably... Uh, I'd probably six foot. I'd probably take the top out now, so you don't want it growing any higher, uh, and remove a lot of the side the side shoots, um, and leave the flowers on it. The flowers are what you want, and they're the ones that are going to give you your tomatoes. Uh, but leave well alone. I wouldn't be overcomplicating it. As I say, nature nature is fantastic. Nature will give you tomatoes. Yeah, and they're, and they nothing will taste like those tomatoes. Oh, believe me, and, and, and a bit of homegrown basil, and you would want. And uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Your lunch is sorted. Uh, hi. Uh, Patricia and Peter, uh, could could Peter suggest what could kill grass, unwanted grass at the bottom of my garden? Um, mm. Again, you you have your chemical options, obviously, but as you know, I'm very slow or I'm no yeah. to, to recommend them. The best one is the best chemical to use is glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in, in nearly all weed killers, but not just Roundup, but Roundup is the best known of them. Um, but obviously the jury is out on that, whether it's safe to use or not. I would urge you not to use it, uh, but that is the best chemical to use if you want to go that, that pardon the pun, but go that route. Uh, you could look at um, mulching over it. So you'd mulch over it with either a fabric, uh, like you can get Mipex or one of these weed blocks, or you can also get this um, biodegradable organic mulch product, uh, which is, instead of being a plastic weed block, it's a, it's a biodegradable organic one, so it breaks down over three or four years. Now, once you have cut off light and oxygen to the weeds, they, they will die, so it doesn't matter that it biodegrades in a few years. That's what you want, because the, weeds, the grass growth will be gone. So the, the best thing is either to mulch it with one of these fabrics. You'll get that biodegradable one. I don't think it's in the shops, but I know it's at tomscabin.ie is where you'll see it. Uh, so have a look at that as an option. Um, mulch it then I wouldn't be mulching it with, with bark or compost or anything like that because the grass would just grow through it you would need a material or your chemical approach are the best of all and you, you won't like this maybe but it's a shovel and get out get out and there and dig it out yeah, yeah yeah. could you ask Peter please why one of my very healthy pear trees has black spots on the fruit Okay, that's well. It's, it's, it's as it sounds. A thing called pear black spot. It could be scab, but it, it, there, there is it's a fungal infection that affects the the, the pear trees. Uh, could you ask Peter why? The, well, the, the answer to the why is because it's Ireland. We have a warm and damp climate, and fungal infections love warm and damp conditions. So, uh, what you need to do now is treat it 
with a, a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water, which is an organic broad-spectrum fungicide, which is better as a preventative, if you like, Trish, than it is as a cure. So it's always better to use, uh, I think, that at once a year, kind of at the time of bud burst, which is when the leaves are coming out uh, around March, April, and it works very well as to prevent the pear tree getting these problems. Uh, but it will work to a degree when it has the problem. So, so treat it now with your copper sulfate and water. Uh, you, I, one thing I should say when you're using copper sulfate as a fungicide, do make sure you rinse your fruit um, because it is a base metal. So do make sure you rinse your fruit before you eat it. Yeah. Um, but that will control it. It's perfectly safe to eat. It's just a bit unsightly, so don't worry about it. Uh, I would prune your pear tree next spring to make remove any congestion. So if it's a very cluttered tree, if you know what I mean, if there's lots of crossing branches and things like that, that 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 makes conditions ripe for for fungal infection because there's very poor air circulation then. So early next spring, kind of early March, uh, remove a lot of the congested growth so that the air is traveling freely through the plant, um, and and treat it then again with your your copper sulfate and, and hope for the best. But that should work. Okay, and thank you to somebody in McCroom who says, Patricia, we've lots of swallows in McCroom. They've been here since May. Lots and lots of them. We did, but Peter and I did say we're not bird watchers, so it's good to know <laughs> that there are swallows around. Hi, Peter. I have a magnolia plant, I planted this April, but I've now started to notice the leaves have big bites out of them. What do I do, please? Uh, again, without seeing it, it's hard to say. It's very possibly just, and I'd say most likely just slug damage. There is a possibility that, and if it's slug damage, really, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, you could use the, the ferric phosphate, the, the organic, environmentally sound slug pellets. Do, do look for the ferric phosphate ones, because many slug pellets contain a thing called metaldehyde, which is toxic to the slugs and snails, but also to, to the predators, the birds and the hedgehogs. These pellets will kill all of them. Uh, and domestic pets and humans are toxic to humans as well. So make sure that if you are using a slug pellet that it's one containing ferric phosphate or iron phosphate and not metaldehyde. There is a possibility, and without saying it, seeing it, I couldn't be sure, but there is quite a possibility that it could be vine weevil damage. So again, send in a picture of the leaf damage, either to yourselves in 103 or to myself on Facebook, the Irish Garden on Facebook. I'll have a look at it and give you a more specific answer. If it's vine weevil damage, it's more serious. I'd be more concerned about it. Uh, and I, I can give you the right the advice. Dreaded vine, the dreaded vine weevil. Um, has Peter noticed beech tree branches hanging downwards and looking as if they're dead? Has he noticed that anywhere? And what would be the problem? Beech the, tree... Oh. I want more information to, yeah. to answer that properly. Like, if it's a mature beech tree, I haven't noticed it particularly at the moment, no, but okay. it is it is a symptom of certain illnesses with a beech tree, particularly, and that's what I need to know a bit more, if it's a mature beech tree and you see branches like that or if you see dieback on the tips of a mature beech tree and things like that, that can be symptomatic of a thing called Ganoderma, which is where the... the, the the, the tree trunk is rotting from the inside out. So it actually becomes quite unstable and quite dangerous, but you don't see it mm. until it's nearly too late. Um, but one of the ways that damage or what that infection manifests itself is just the way that the caller describes there. With so the branches hanging down. Be that. Yeah. Okay, somebody has said that the flowers on my tomato plants seem to be on the side shoots. Yes, that's correct. Is that okay? No, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's what you'd want. Yeah, yeah. That's what okay. Want. Yeah. Uh, hi, Patricia. Could you ask Peter why my lupins keep getting white flower? It's an abandoned. White fly, I presume. White fly, sorry. Yeah. White fly. The, well, well, lupins are just, lupins are prone to white fly and they're prone to aphid damage. Um, 
what what I would do, what I would suggest you do is is give them a wash with the garlic mixed with water, which we, we spoke about, I think, as recently as last week, Trish, on the programme. Um, there are various different strengths. You're basically, you're pulping uh, a clove of garlic in with a litre or two of boiling water. You leave it sit for a couple of days and, and spray it on your plants. And it works because it makes the, the plant very unpalatable to whitefly and other aphids. Best bet is go into Google. Just Google uh, garlic wash as a, a preventative uh, and you, you'll get different rates and different strengths and different dilution rates of, of how to use it. But it's a very, very effective way of dealing with insecticides. And I'm just going back to the tomato question there. With the, I'd say the reason they called in, but the fact that the flowers are on the side shoots is because I had uh, correctly said remove the side shoots. Yeah, for another listener, you said remove yes, it. But, but actually uh, what I meant was the big leaves around the side shoots. You okay. removed, let the light at the flowers. Le- leave the flowers alone. Okay, and one final yeah. one. Somebody bought a hydrangea. When do I plant from the pot? I'm watering it well, but wondering when do I plant it? out into the garden well when you're planting from a pot into the garden you can do that at any time of the year because you've no root disturbance it's when you're going the other way that you're you're under time pressure so if you were taking it out of the garden you could only do that during the winter but if you're putting it into the garden from a pot you can do it any you can do it today just make sure you keep it well watered over as if it's in a pot for the next number of weeks okay all right what are you up to this week this weekend I'm having a, a quiet one at school, summer holidays kick off, so right. we're, I'm treating ourselves and we're, we're having a quiet one. Great stuff. Enjoy and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, Thanks for that. Uh, bye-bye. Uh, Peter Dowdle of the Irish Gardener.com.